Okay, just as a documenting purpose, I have to tell us that we are in phase one of exiting quarantine, social distancing, and I am so excited. I could just jump through the screen right now and hug your neck because I'm so ready to be with people again. But I'm also so grateful that during this social distancing time, I've had the beautiful opportunity to connect with today's podcast guest and many others. Rebecca Dotson George is going to be a fast friend of yours, just like she was for me. She is a fellow doer, a fellow giver, a fellow creator, and she loves lighthearted people. And y'all, I tell you this every week, I think, but that's you, that's me, that's all of us in this community. And so I know that you are going to glean from all the things that she shares around her ministry development, 818 Ministries, around her podcast. Yes, she is a fellow podcaster. Remember women supporting women, you guys. This is how you do it. So be sure to go check her out on Do The Thing Movement podcast, as well as dothethingmovement.com. She's a blogger and a speaker, a pastor's wife, which I know my fellow friends who are pastor's wives don't like that to be their title, but it's pretty beautiful to hear how she comes alongside her husband in this specific season that they're in. And I know that she is going to bless you with this conversation. So not only would we love if you like and subscribed and reviewed this show and shared it on your specific story or to your community, we would love for you to also pop over and listen to the interview that we'll have uh, here in the future. So stay tuned. Again, do the Thing Movement podcast. Go check her out and enjoy Rebecca, you guys. And wherever you are in the world, I just pray that you are safe and well and that phase one and phase two and phase three greet you quickly so that we can be hugging each other's neck and having coffee conversations in person again before long. And remember, if you guys want to truly feel a bit more connected versus just hearing these, you can watch us because every week I go live when we record. So you can go back and see her beautiful smile and her super cute neck scarf that we talk about. And uh, yeah, get to know each other on a deeper, more connected level. All right, all the love. Have a good one. This is your God Wink. The moment that heaven says, for such a time as this, it's time to own your joy, prioritize your health, discover your wealth, and exude your wholeness. It's time to become truly fit. However, this isn't a fitness podcast, though I'm a retired personal trainer and nutritionist. This isn't business jargon or tips and tricks to landing your successful passion project, though that's totally why I'm a business coach. This isn't a quick fix health detox ploy, though I'm all for therapy and I love whole foods. I do have a YOLO side sweet tooth though. This isn't confusing religious banter, though I'm an ordained minister still figuring out the many things and facets and faces of Jesus. It's really none of that. So I'm wondering, if you're wondering, what is this? Well, This is an opportunity to join me alongside other big dreamers, innovative movers, and lifestyle shakers as we explore and share our messy comeback stories and discoveries with each of you fellow passionate seekers. The Fit and Faith movement was birthed through my own trial and error discovery of mind, body, and soul alignment, and to be totally transparent, my own entrepreneurial crash and burn experiences. I've learned firsthand that being fit isn't about our physique at all. It's not about our qualifying abilities or titles. It's not about our potential. It's truly about our God-gifted passions meeting our purpose. 
You are one step away from achieving your idea, your dream, your calling, your purpose, whatever you want to call it. And I want to be there for the moment that you say yes in freedom, clarity, and confidence that you are living fully fit in who and whose you were made to be. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast with me, Tamara Andress. There is no better time than now to get fit. All right, we are live. We're so excited to be coming to you today, hopefully in the comfort of your own home. If you're somewhere in the world that's beautiful, maybe outside, having a nice brisk walk to get your body moving, which, by the way, is kind of a part of today's uh, introduction with the guest that we have on. This is Rebecca George Dotson. I'm so thrilled for you guys to be in connection and now community with her. Uh, She is a woman that does all the things. And sometimes people hate that when people tell me that from like a busy perspective, it drives me bananas. But really, she's doing some beautiful things. Um, She's a pastor's wife, which my best friend is a pastor's wife and she hates to be called that. So you are a pastor in and of itself. (laughs) And um, I know that that role takes on so many different elements. So we'll talk about that. She's also a ministry leader for 818, is that right? 818 Ministries. And she's also a blogger and a podcaster as well. You guys are definitely going to be directed to her podcast because I've been tuning in and it is just a breath of fresh air. I love all of the different people that you host. So I'm so thrilled to be your host today. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much, Tamara. I've been so excited to chat with you. This is going to be fun. It is. So let's jump in kind of to the topic that I started to unpack. Like, tell me about that journey of not and incorporate you because it's not just about the role that you play. It's how you emerged into your relationship and now marriage and all those things. Sure. Okay. So we'll start with marriage. So I got married last May, May 18th. So we are fastly approaching our first Yay! You're newlywed. I love that. I know. That feels nuts. It does. God is so cool. You know, that line that you hear when you're a kid of, you know, you may know your spouse, but you don't know that you already know your spouse, that whole thing. (laughs) I was always super annoyed when people told me that when I was single. And then my husband and I actually met years before we started dating. We went to the same church. He was on staff at the church I went to. And um, I taught Sunday school class in the ministry he led. And we crossed paths. And then years later, after he had moved to Mississippi, where we live now, to become a lead pastor of a church down here, we reconnected and uh, started dating and uh, got married last year. So that is like my ideal situation for my daughter or son. Very different than my own, but my ideal situation for my daughter or son. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so it was beautiful. The wild season. We dated long distance, which is the hardest thing ever, and um, I'm thankful for it now because we uh, we got a just the opportunity to know each other on, I think, a deeper, deeper level than when you live in the same place and yeah. you have the luxuries of um, grabbing pizza on a Thursday night with your friends and, yeah. you know, just things that you don't have. When yeah. Have just really um, dug in and we dated for about six months and got married last year. So. Wow. It's an adventure. That is really exciting. So are you guys where you moved? Is that a fresh space, meaning neither of your families are there? Correct. So okay. I grew up in Mississippi. Okay. In another part of the state. Uh-huh. So 
mom still lives in Mississippi, and um, my family lives up in Tennessee, where okay. we both moved down from. Okay. He lived in Knoxville, and so did I for a very long time. And um, he was pretty well established here by the time I came around. Okay. So I kind of entered into his his fold and his community, and so yeah, that's been a a lot of change. Probably the most amount of change I've ever experienced in my life. Yeah, yeah. I could imagine that that would be very difficult, especially knowing that he did and has established himself, where it's like you have your group of friends, and it's not that you don't want to be in the fold of his friends, but you like, you kind of have your own identity in that too. And so navigating that and then being away from home and your comfort zone, and he's in his comfort zone, I feel like that'd be tough. Yes. Yeah. It has. Yeah, I had a mentor of mine sit me down a few months after we had gotten married, and she said, you know, there's five major changes that we go through in life. So one uh, could be divorce if if you were to go through that. Marriage is one. A change in job, um, a move. I think there's five of them, and and there were three that I kind of at the blink of an eye um, went through, along with becoming a lead pastor's wife. Yeah. Yeah, I think God really just showed me in that season that, um, you know, it's okay to hold both, you know, grieving the loss of what I had and the community that I had and and really processing that, which I, as an Enneagram 3, did not do (laughs) in the beginning. I I just kind of stepped it all because I was getting married and and all of those joyful things, and I didn't want to process the hard stuff, but um, I got to a place where I had to, and, and so... She really taught me, you know, it's okay to hold both that and, and the joy yeah. and the pleasure of marriage and, and all of this in a new season kind of simultaneously. But that, that okay to do, you know? And yeah. So, um, yeah, we're still kind of adjusting and learning, and but it's been a great year. Yeah, so. I've uh, had a little bit of insight from different people as well because it was something I walked through in a trial perspective of not actually leaving and cleaving, which is like a biblical, you know, concept of the need of when to become one and and you leave and cleave to your now partner. Um, So as I said, so far, a lot of our things are different. We're both Enneagram threes. So there's a lot of similarity in that. (laughs) Yes. And so um, my husband and I, when we started dating, we moved in together before we were married. And then um, we ended up moving like 17 houses down from my parents, who my mom was like my BFF. She's still one of my best friends to this day. Um, but that created what we thought would be this amazing experience. And, and I'm still very grateful that I got to be that close to her for so long and my dad as well. But um, there was no leaving and cleaving in that scenario at all. Like I was still so rooted in my family dynamics. We our our relationship was constantly with my family and his parents were only three miles down the road. So just a lot of things that we had to walk through in the uncovering of what does it mean to just be us and to develop that identity as a married couple versus to develop that identity as um, a dating, you know, couple or even as parents, like we even parented like alongside my parents that were like right down the road. So it was, we had to do that four years into marriage. So girl, you're in the right place. You're doing the, the right things and you're navigating waters that are so much better to do now than it is to do later because that's a really hard thing. Yeah, that's real. Yeah, and I think 
we were sort of forced into the whole leave and cleave situation. Yep. So, yep. I, I mean, my family is so supportive, and my mom and dad both are two of my best friends in the universe. But, yeah, um, love that. Yeah, the, the physical separation yeah. is really, I, I think, and I hope and I pray, you know, long term has been a great thing yeah. for our marriage. Yeah. Because we've had yeah 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 and there's no like for me because my mom was also my best friend and she was right down the street I would just be like okay I'm going down to my mom's and like literally just leave and like it wasn't it wasn't that it was a bad thing it just wasn't the best thing and so it's really I think it's something for us to be mindful of that it's not that God would have us remove ourselves from our families that's not our intent It's just that we're now starting and cultivating a new family and a new home. And the things that you're bringing from your past, that they're not always the best things. And your together is different than your individual. So like, what is that to become one looking like? And what does God have in store for your future versus clinging so much to what you know as comfort and, you know, establishment? It's really, it's been an interesting process. So I've interestingly had a lot of newlyweds on the podcast recently. So I don't know if God's teaching me something, but I really like it. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah, I love that. We're about to hit year eight married and 12 years together. Oh, that's so incredible. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, We have a five and a six-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Very fun. Lots of marriage stories to go alongside that, but we are together and happy and I'm very grateful. (laughs) So tell me, I want to go a little bit deeper from like this pastor's wife perspective, because I know so many in that community. Oh no. Somebody just said that they can't hear you. How is that possible? Hold on one second. Can you hear now? That's horrible. Okay. One, two, three. <laughs> we might be starting over, and I just got some chance to get to know you, and that is a-okay. Let me make sure. Start talking a little bit, Rebecca. Just okay. say hello. And... Okay, perfect. Hello, everyone. <laughs> oh, no. Interestingly, there was, like, all these viewers on in the past, what, I don't even know how many minutes we've been on, and not one person said uh-huh. that until just now. That's crazy. I'm like, uh, and they stayed on for a long time. Maybe it's her computer. Hold on one yeah. second. Let me confirm because that would be a bummer. That would be a bummer. Calling. Calling mom. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, I can hear you, but I can barely hear her. You can't hear her? Barely hear her? Barely. Okay. Hmm. She said that. Uh, let me try setting some earbuds in. I don't know if that would help. Okay, she said she can hear you, but not loud. Are, can you still hear her as you're listening? I changed one thing. Okay, I'm going to plug some earbuds in. Can you hear it? Now you can hear her better? Very interesting. Okay. All right, thanks. Does this help at all? She Does said she could hear you better. Okay. Yeah. So okay, let's. Cool. Well, I don't know if we should start over. Hmm. I, I feel like we're going to. Let's just 
Start fresh. Welcome to okay. the Fit and Faith podcast. <laughs> I am really excited to introduce you to a gal. We've been moving and shaking for the last few minutes, but I guess nobody heard us. So we're going to circle back because I feel like it was so good. And I know so many community members who are in the mini boats that Rebecca's currently in and navigating. And so I think it's really important that we go there again. And I always feel like when there's glitches, especially if it's a tech glitch, there's always like God in the mist, right? Oh, mom said, don't start over. (laughs) Whatever. We're just going to keep conversating. I'm so excited that you're here with us. And um, I'm going to jump into the question that I had just asked and kind of get us rolling again, get us back in our mojo. I had mentioned that you, you know, came into the fold of being a pastor's wife, but you were already a a ministry leader with the, with your ministry, right? A18 ministry. So unpack what that is, unpack what that role has played for you. And now bringing that into the current space that you're in as a pastor's wife. Yeah. Okay. So man, there's a lot of layers to that. Yeah, there is. I'm it up well. So my mom went through a cancer journey a few years ago. She's a breast cancer survivor. And which we're so thankful for. She's about five years into being cancer free. And through that journey, God really put the people group on my heart of people facing things similar to her. Mm -hmm. And so I guess about six years ago, I launched a ministry called 818 Ministries. And what we do slash did was we collected handmade hats, sewn, crocheted, and knitted from all over the U.S. We had people coming to us from, gosh, I think over 25 states. It was incredible. Who had so much creativity. And a lot of them were grandmothers who would go watch their kids at soccer games and they would just crochet hats because they had made all the things that they really wanted to make for them and their people. And they just wanted to use their gift that God had given them to impact people. And so we packaged those with handwritten letters of encouragement And we delivered them into hospitals. And so we would go into adult settings and deliver them. We would go into children's hospitals and deliver them. Most times in a children's hospital, we would dress up like princesses and superheroes and go and deliver them. We worked with St. Jude and just like a host of other hospitals. And it was one of the greatest adventures and seasons of my life. I was single. I had a ton of free time on my hands. I lived in a college town. Yeah, as a three, that's like everything, right? As a three, you're like, all the time is mine. Uh, Yes. And so, I mean, I I was traveling all the time. I would just round up college students at different college ministries, and we would go to St. Jude. We would go to Children's Healthcare Atlanta. Um, We would we would do the thing, which is what we're about to get to. So we, which was so fun. And so I got to walk alongside a lot of college students and I got to speak a lot. And when I spoke, people would come have me share my story and and my mom's testimony through her journey and kind of what God was doing through that ministry. And when I did, what I started to discover was, you know, every time you speak, you, you tell your story, you, you do your thing, you, you give your message, you finish, and then typically you have time to talk to people afterwards, yeah. right? And so I would always have these conversations that would center around people coming to me and saying, man, I love what God did through your mom's story, and 
I have my own version of that. Mm-hmm. So here's what's going on in my life, mm-hmm. and here's what I feel like God's maybe nudging me to do. But either I'm terrified, yeah. I'm overwhelmed, yeah. I'm I'm fearful of what that could mean for my life and for my family. I don't know what first step to take. I don't know what that's supposed to look like. I'm praying about it, but what did you do? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I had enough of those conversations that God really began to give me a heart for what I do now, Mm. which we'll, we'll get to. But I think he really used that season of, of ministering with 18 ministries to kind of lead me where yeah. I am today in my current season of life. But, but yeah, it is interesting kind of back to pastor's wifing. Um, you know, my husband and I both ministered a lot separately prior to marriage. And I think a lot of ministry couples grow up in ministry together. Yeah. yeah. And we didn't. Yeah. You know, like I, I didn't marry the youth guy that then become the, became the associate pastor <laughs> yeah. and then became the lead pastor, right? Like I yeah. had my ministry. I was running in my lane and he had his, he was running in his lane and it sounds so cliche. And so I'm sorry if you're listening and you're single and you're sick of hearing this, but I was in my lane running, he was in his lane running and it was almost just like we looked to the right one day and it was like okay he's running his race and I'm running mine and you know God has called us to run our our races together and so kind of now that's that's where we are in marriage which is so fun I love being able to walk alongside him as his wife um getting to see him live out just the thing that he is called to do and shepherding people and leading our church and he is so supportive of me and my speaking and writing and all of that. And so it's the hardest thing I've ever done, but it's the most beautiful thing I've ever done. Yeah. So really cool. That's really awesome. I think that's so good. Uh, And I also think that there's a lot of like, you know, testimony in the point of like, just because that's one hat that you wear, doesn't mean that's your only identity. And I am a huge person about like titles and and roles and, and really not claiming those, but allowing God to like put his, final seal on what it is that you do. And even like your business card, like he is the CEO, not any of us, no matter what roles we end up taking on. And even author, like I now have this ability to like put author to my name. And I think that's so cool, but it's a little bit of like a weird trepidation space because I'm like, gosh, he's the author. Like I didn't do that. I wouldn't proclaim that story. And like, no one just goes out into public and like raises their hand and like airs their dirty laundry. Like that's not usually how things work like that. So, um, it's just been an interesting thing. And I love how you've just continued to walk out what you've been called to do. And it just blends so beautifully with what he's doing. So share a little bit more about like do the thing, because we also have a lot of people here that are entrepreneurs and I am all about like sharing that journey because the biggest thing for me, and, and it might be different for you, but I really believe that it's often a very messy process. And if you see those, oh. like, 
images where like people believe entrepreneurship like is this beautiful straight line but really it's like all of this like crazy conjolted situation and you have to work your way through all of those spaces and there is a lot of upward movement even in our failure but tell us about your specific journey and obviously you started in with the ministry and and then kind of God unfolding what it is that do the thing would be but how did that get started yeah so I went to a conference a couple of years ago. She speaks. I don't know. If oh, yes. I've gone twice. Before, but yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yes. So I went in 2015 and I went back in 2018. Okay. We were Maybe there the same year. I this year. That's cool. Yeah. Um, we'll see what they do with it this year. I know. Are you signed back. up to so, go yet? Yeah. I am. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if yeah. it's in person or it's virtual. Yeah. Yet. But but yeah, I went to that conference with a book idea a couple years ago, yeah. and I sat in front of a couple publishers and agents and um, put in front of them what I thought was, a, you know, you when you spend something, spend time on something that's so near and dear to your heart, you feel like, oh, this is this is a complete full thought idea, and then you put it in front of somebody in the industry, and then you realize, wow these are all the things that I didn't think of. And this is actually really half baked. Right. Yeah. And so I sat down in the middle of that conference with Nikki Koziars. So she's an author. She does a lot of work with Proverbs 31. A lot of you've probably heard of her. Uh, we sat down over lunch one day when we were there and I started just sharing my heart about these conversations that I mentioned earlier that I just continued having with these, um, I guess, aspiring entrepreneurs or, or aspiring ministry leaders. And she said, Rebecca, I think, I think you know who you want to talk to. Yeah. But right now you've led this ministry for years, but you, I don't think you've quite figured out who, who and what your identity is as a writer and speaker. And so I think when you go home, like that's what I would start to really pray about mm-hmm. is, what does it look like as God continues, you know, leading you forward in your writing and speaking? Because I think that you know who your audience is, yeah. but what's that actually going to look like? And so we sat there and we just spitballed phrase ideas yeah. for the longest time. And it was so fun. And I walked out of there. And I sat in the lobby of that hotel and I bought the domain for my website. Oh, that's so cool. So do the, do the thing wasn't available. And so I bought do the thing movement really as a way to, to kind of speak to, you know, I felt called to speak to a, a body of people, a movement yeah. of people yeah. who are pressing forward and doing the thing that God's called them to do. And yeah. so really it started out as a blog yeah. a couple years ago. And so that, what did I, just started to kind of create content on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to do a podcast, but I needed to be in a season where it made sense because as you know, podcasting is a ton of work. It sounds great. It's really, it's really cute. It's fun to have one, but it is a ton of work. And so I waited until we got married last spring and um, we live in a super small town. So there's just not a lot going on around yeah. here. And I have more time on my hands than I did when I lived somewhere that was more of a city based yeah. kind of place. And so now that I have a space to do that, it's been so fun just to gather conversations and people that inspire and motivate me 
in my own walk with Christ and in my own journey just to talk about really holistically anything that would apply to that person that I would be talking to after a speaking engagement, right? And so that's that's where I am now, and I'm also working on my first book. Yay! Is it different than your original concept? The podcast book community. Yeah. Is the book different than the con- the concept that you pitched at your first She yes. Speaks? It is. Yeah. I mean, you've it's done a lot of so, living in, what, five years? Yeah. This has been like five years in the making, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah. And I actually pulled up the first book proposal that I wrote the other night. Yeah. And just laughed. It was hilarious to look over it now um, just to see where God's led that. So. Not really to a place where I can share a ton yet, but I'm just, I'm so pumped about it. It's going to be so fun to share. Do you feel like you've been sitting on the dream God has given you for far too long? Do you feel out of alignment or obedience because of it? Or perhaps you've been spinning your wheels on how to answer God's call, but can't quite define or design it into a business. Maybe you've titled this God dream a ministry, one you wholeheartedly give all of your time and energy to. Yet your passion isn't providing the profit you need to sustain your home, your first ministry. Do you struggle with the idea of earning money doing something you believe he'd want you to do in servanthood? Do you feel unworthy as a woman to possess wealth? Y'all, I get it. I've been in every one of those shoes. And I can promise you the moment I traded those worn out sandals for his intended comfort, I was able to finally walk the miles it has taken to grow the dream from ideation to activation, catapulting my true passions into my full purpose. And now, while I've had a joy to group coach many women over the past couple of years in a group setting, I still sense there are missing straps to their well-made shoes. So I designed this course, the God Dream Design Course, to walk alongside you intimately until you've claimed the gift of the shoes he has always wanted for you. You're probably wondering if this is the surefire way to claim your roots and discover your wings as a kingdom entrepreneur, why are we talking about shoes? Well, these aren't Nikes, they aren't Yeezys, whatever the kids call them these days, and I am not giving you sandals like Hermes either. God's shoes truly fly. God's shoes have limitless souls that never wear down. They are promised to get you where he has shown you that you were intended to be. So come along for the ride. Get out of that stuck analysis paralysis state of limitation and develop the mindsets, methods, and models to bring to life the vision he has planned for you before you were knit in your mother's womb. Sign up today for your self-paced program where I will actually provide you live coaching, a community of women to walk this journey alongside, a package of goodies right at your doorstep, and many more incredible deliverables. You can find all of the details on my site at tamraandress.com. Don't forget, Tamara is T-A-M-R-A. I got the good version. Thanks, Mom. But really, girls, it's time to fly. I promise it's as spring as it sounds. See you soon. So let me tell you a little bit about that experience from a different perspective because so two years when I went um, to She Speaks, I had already written probably half of my book at that point. 
and it was okay. something that God gifted me in the middle of a coffee shop one day after having a conversation mm. with my personal trainer that morning. I mean, literally landed out of nowhere through a like a prophetic yeah. experience that I had actually given to somebody else. So wild story. I'll have to, I, I've shared it on the podcast before, so I'll have to link um, either that or the blog to you that I wrote up about it so that you yeah. can go back. Um, though I know that there's new, new listeners now, but know that God will plant a seed either through multiple people or along the way yeah. that eventually one day, similar to how you and your husband were like running separate paths and you looked over, one day you're going to look over and there's just going to be this bloomed flower. And you're going to be yeah. like, that's a beautiful flower. How did that get there? That came out of nowhere. Really, yeah. it didn't come out of nowhere. It's been continual watering and continual to toiling of the soil that it's been within. And now it's ready for you to pluck and smell and enjoy. Well, when I went to the She Speaks conference and when I first got, you know, picked up the flower, if you will, I yeah. wanted to show everyone this flower, okay? It was like, look at this uh -huh. flower. This is so cool. Like, I, this came out of nowhere. It planted so quickly. I, within seven days, had written 165 pages. And, like, just wild. I'm telling you, a yeah. week prior, I had no idea I was going to write a book in that capacity. So go to She Speaks, similar to you, pitch the idea. I did have people really interested in it, an agent and a publishing house, and um, at the event, they said on stage at the very end, Lisa Turkers was speaking and, and she said, um, you know, 30% of you, or no, 100% of the people who got their book, like card passed to them saying, yes, we're interested. Let's go further. 30% of them are going to do absolutely no, nothing with it. And I thought to myself yep. and I was like, what crazy person would have done all of this legwork to get here, pitched a book and gone through all the nerves and all of the concept ideation phases and all of that. And yep. then there's nothing. Well, that happened to me. I was in that 30%. And it was with a multitude of life scenarios that had kind of unraveled at that point. Some family dynamic changes that were happening that were taking every bit of energy that I had. Um, there was no writing, like creativity going on at, at all at that point. And um, then some things started to blossom again. And I finally was like, okay, I need to pick that flower up. And what the flower was that I had originally like thought was so beautiful had grown into something different. And grown into something yeah. more fruitful, if you will. And so re-evaluating that over the course of like your five years, tell me like how you, how the storyline has just blossomed and like what things have you picked up along the way to now get where you are now? Oh man, yeah. I think if you would have talked to me at She Speaks 2015, yeah. I think you would have found me in a place where I felt like I was going to leave this nonprofit for the rest of my life. This is what I felt called to do till the day I meet Jesus. Yeah. And, and I'm going to travel and I'm going to leave these teams to, to go do this thing. And, and I'm going to write a book about what God teaches me through it. Mm -hmm. That's about all I had figured out. Yeah. And I think what I hadn't discovered, you know, at gosh, 25 years old at that point yeah. was that life does happen. Like you're saying, such a listener who maybe feels stuck or feels like, you know, they've got family dynamics to play where they, they're not having time to write or create or whatever it is. 
give yourself grace for that because God's going to teach you a lot through this, whatever this is that you're facing right now. Um, that's, that's going to lead you to your next steps of faith. And so I don't think, you know, I wasn't supposed to write the book five years ago. Right. And I know that now. I I would be terrified to think of the book that I would have written five years ago. Now that I'm in a place (laughs) where, you know, it's, I've I've got almost a full manuscript. Yeah. Um, And I'm thankful that God didn't pave that way at She Speaks 2015. I wasn't ready. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that was a lot that he needed to show me. And, and he knew the season in my life that I needed to be in yeah. um, in order to do this and in order to be ready. And um, so I would just encourage listeners with that. And, you know, I think another thing back to how entrepreneurship is so messy is it's okay to pivot. You know, so. I, I don't think any of us probably land in the same space or the same speaking to the same audience yeah. or maybe doing the same work that we had originally thought. And that's okay. That's actually awesome. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs are also multi-passionate. I know, yes. I know you are. I know I am. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of times it's really just focusing in on, okay, what are, what are the two or three things that God would make the most impact in this season? Or what do you want me to focus my time on? Because I don't, I don't want to miss the forest for the trees and be so focused on all these like micro micro things that I miss the big picture of what you want to do in my life. So help me, um, you know, move forward and, and that which would most bring you glory. And right now for me, that's the podcast and the book, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And so, um, the hard part of that is I've totally scaled back on what ADHD ministries looked like before I got married. Right. I'm I'm a pastor's wife and I, I know that in this season I'm supposed to write the book and do the podcast. Yeah. And so that changes things. Yeah. And for an entrepreneur who's super tied and, and there's a very much of a heart piece mm-hmm. behind what you do and what you love and who you serve, that can be really hard yeah. to navigate. Yeah. Um, but God has met me in that. And, yeah. Um, That's yeah. so good. So yeah. tell me um, about, you can't say the storyline of the book. But tell me about like okay. what um, what kind of lessons have you learned that are, are going to impact people in that regard? Like who would your target yeah. market be for your book, even if you can't share necessarily what's in it? Yeah. So target market would be people who feel stuck. Mm. So we all have times in our lives where similar to what I described after a speaking engagement, I'm talking to people afterwards. Mm. Um, people would come to me with like glistening eyes of like hope of, of telling me, you know, what they feel like God has, has called them to do. But there was always a point where they, you know, let reality set in and they would then admit to me, this feels too scary yeah. or that step of faith feels way too overwhelming to me. That's, that's too much. Or um, what are the people in my life going to think of this? And so they, would project just this imaginary judgment on themselves or, you know, what, what have you. Right. And so I actually, I do feel comfortable saying this. I talked to over a hundred of my people. So entrepreneurs, church planters, ministry leaders, um, multi-level marketing people. Mm -hmm. I mean, anybody who has went from point A to point B of 
okay, I, I feel called, and they took the step of faith, and they did the thing. Mm-hmm. And I asked them questions. Mm-hmm. And so, really, the book is about unpacking what they told me. Cool. So That's really yeah. cool. So, are you familiar yeah. with Brene Brown? Yes. Yeah. So that makes me think of, she's a research storyteller and that's essentially what you've done, which is so neat. And I think as an entrepreneurial coach, like that's often how I'm, I'm led to coach people in a certain direction because I've had all of these other coaching clients that have come along and, and they're in that space. And so there's constantly a discussion about breaking, you know, hindering mindsets and analysis paralysis and the overwhelm that can leave you frozen, which is analysis paralysis or imposter syndrome or any of those things. Yeah. So I think it's really cool that there's going to be a resource that I can be like, go here, read this, then we'll work together. Yes. 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 That's really um, awesome. We're going to have... We're going to have so much to talk about over the next I couple know. Years. That's, That's going to be fun. so cool. <laughs> so I want, um, I'm going to share people the, the podcast um, image here. So do the Thing Movement podcast. You guys, I want you to definitely go check it out. Not only do you get to enjoy her Tennessee accent that I love so much, <laughs> you get to really unpack similar like-hearted communities to what the Fit and Faith podcast is about, which I really yeah. love. And I love that there are so many different ways that people, you know, present a platter of food, if you will. My husband is all about, he's a chef and he's such a, like a presentation person. So when he cooks something, he's not a chef by career, he's a chef by hobby. But when he cooks something, I'm like, you know, put it out. I'm ready to, I'm about to eat it. It's not a big deal. And he's like, no, 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 no. Like, wait, you have to like, you present it in such a way. So you go to those fancy restaurants, you're like, this is gorgeous. So he's all about eating with your eyes before you divulge. And I really love not only what you've done with your podcast, but what you've done with your website and just the presentation of do the thing I think is so inviting. And I think that's the biggest key component of what it is that you're preparing for people is this welcoming invitation that like doing the thing is scary, but it is also very possible. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would echo that right back to you. I think we are cut from the same cloth. Yes. <laughs> serve a lot of the same people. And so, yeah, I've just been so looking forward to, to talking with you and excited to see just where God takes you. And, and I know this won't be our first, only conversation. I know I'm having you on my show, which yes. is going to be so fun. Yeah, so it's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to that. So let's go and kind of pivot, as you suggested. I uh, want a part of my podcast when I originally started, and it's transformed a whole lot into more of this like success story, um, messy success story of entrepreneurs. And I didn't originally plan for that. I originally planned for it to be about this understanding of mind, body, and soul alignment and what that means to each individual. And I'm realizing more and more that a lot of successful entrepreneurs understand that from their own frame of mind. And it's not always the same as mine, but I would love to hear like from a mind, body, soul perspective, both biblically speaking, um, but also just from your own experience, how, how do you kind of align yourself in that regard and move forward on a, on a daily basis? Yeah. So what comes to mind when you ask that question is my word of the year. So I always, like a lot of people, I choose a word of the year every year that I feel like God's just really leading me towards or something that he wants to grow me in throughout that year. And this year was steadfast. Mm-hmm. And God really gave me that word last fall, mm-hmm. just 
and really thinking like you're saying in in mind, body, and soul, all aspects of life. That is that is one word that I want to cover my life yeah. on. No matter what I'm doing or what I'm chasing after or what I'm spending my time doing, and so that's something that I've been really focused on, and that impacts every area of my life, right? And so I also think that through the season that I just went through, everything about my normal got disrupted. Yeah, which was really hard. But once kind of dust started settling from all of that, I had the opportunity to create a new normal, which is a beautiful thing. And so in that, um, I've had the opportunity to decide, okay, you know, now I work totally remotely from our house, so which gives me a lot more time freedom than I had when I was commuting to the corporate job that I had before the wedding and all of that. And so for me, um, creating not a checklist for my life because I I have been in seasons where I've had a very legalistic mindset and that's something that I do not believe in at all, but just creating rhythms for myself that um, allow me to live a steadfast life, right? And so um, each morning I grab a cup of coffee and spend time with the Lord before I start working and uh, that sets the pace for my day. I think that matters. I think there's a trend in kind of a personal development space right now of, um, and it's well intended, of, you know, getting up earlier, drinking all the water, doing all the things, chasing after, you know, your dreams and you're your own hero and that kind of, of mindset, which just, um, I don't know that that really matches up with God's economy mm-hmm. of kind of what he has in store for us. Mm-hmm. And so, um, my heart and what God's really been showing me is, um, you know, before I go into the world, the most important thing I could do is spend time with him. It, my days are different when I do. And so to a listener who maybe hasn't had that rhythm for a while or wherever you're at with that, I would just encourage you, even if it's 10 minutes, um, just starting your day in that way matters. And, um, as far as fitness, that's another, or just my body, that's another piece that I think after a short season, I'm starting to get a grasp on as well. I'm a huge runner. I ran several marathons before I got married, and that was a huge part of my life. And um, now I have actually started running again for the first time since I moved with just a group of stay-at-home mamas from our church that needed to get out of the house and we're going crazy with all their tiny humans at home during quarantine. <laughs> and so we've gotten in a really good pattern of meeting and just have created that accountability for that, awesome. um, which has been just a beautiful thing to watch. And for the first time, I think in my life running isn't about performance, mm. but it's about it just enjoying hearing the birds chirp and laughing with people that I love. Yeah. And so that's been a beautiful thing. So I think God is really over time began to kind of recreate what that is supposed to look like in my life with all aspects of, you know, what you just asked. Yeah. And so that's been really cool to kind of walk through. Yeah. That's really beautiful. I love that. I loved the word that you said rhythm because I'm, 
kind of an anti person when it comes to balance, which is bizarre because I balance beam was like my go-to with gymnastics for 16 years growing up. And I always thought like balance is what you're aiming for. And as we like unpack what balance looks like in our life, it's, it's really difficult if if you're only focused on creating balance, like you're bound to fall if there's balance where alignment is this idea that like, if, if you're looking at a straight line and I've never actually said this out loud, but just always been a visual, like you can, you can kind of weave off that line. It naturally like habits are going to fall when there's quarantine yeah. status. Or if you get married and that adjustment happens where you're like, Oh, let's just be together every day. And you totally don't worry about working out at all. Or yep. if you know, there's a life crisis and the, your mental health goes off track it's less about having to get back on the horse because so many times I've said like, it's okay, I'll eat this extra tub of ice cream, I'll start on Monday, when in fact I should just be like, you know, I'll start now. And, and pushing yeah. myself back into the alignment of that line at any given time, but also giving yourself grace during that, those experiences that lead you off. Um, and I think that's where like a lot of people get stuck is they get stuck in like the shame component of, Oh, I'm off balance. I fell off the the horse and now it's really hard to get back on. It shouldn't really be like that. It should be more of like, okay, you're teeter tottering. Let's keep going. And, and that being the understanding, understanding. So I love rhythm because that's just like a song in the sense that you have your high chords and your low chords. But overall, if you presented a song to a worship artist or a musician, they're going to know the melody and they're going to know and understand that it at the end of the day, it's all going to come back to that space and it's going to sound really good to the ear. So I love rhythm. I think that that's such a beautiful word to use. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's a good it. visual. Um, so you've also mentioned, uh, God's economy and like what that looks like from the perspective of our Christian faith. And, uh, obviously we've been in a really interesting quarantine status, yeah. like pandemic. And, um, it's been very interesting to navigate as somebody who is invested in a lot of different types of people. Um, I don't have like mm. a one track community that I hang out with because I'm a coach, but also because of the life that I used to lead and the life that I lead now and wanting to still, um, provide light in the places that are dark and, um, knowing the importance of that, but also having to really create a lot of boundaries in that. And so Mm -hmm. do you have, um, insight into, or even just opinion towards, the traditional news, you know, happening versus the conspiracy theorists versus like the overly healthy versus the, I don't care. I'm never gonna, you know, I'm going to go and spend time in a crowd. Like how have you kind of navigated that and what insight do you give to potentially your ministry or the church in, in that regard? Oh man, what a great question. So insight into my past history. So I grew up in the church. Mm-hmm. I grew up in an extremely traditional church environment. Mm-hmm. I would argue even on the brink of legalistic. So meaning my relationship with God was really a checklist and a set of rules mm-hmm. until I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. And when I went to college, I was really afforded the opportunity for the first time to, you know, find a new church family on my own, totally and completely on my own. My relationship with Jesus was um, 
was my choice. And for the first time, you know, I, I was in a really great small group um, Bible study environment. And I just had a lot of people pour into me in that season. That was very formative for me and kind of the beginning of the undoing of um, that concept for me that my relationship with God was not a set of rules. And so, you know, I think what I would advise somebody in your shoes where you're, you're trying to find the balance, right, of we are called to be a light in dark places and also you're in this new season where, you know, you're in your walk with the Lord and you also want to invest mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. I think it's both and. It is a hard balance. So, you know, I always come back to just our greatest commandment, right, is to love God with our full heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love our neighbor as ourselves mm-hmm. in that order, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so when I am spending time with God and that's consistent in my life, what spills out of me is him. Mm. And I can tr- and I can trust that, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've got a water bottle right here and if if I tip this water bottle over, something's gonna spill out of it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And in our lives, if we view almost that same metaphor as our life as, as a cup, we're gonna be filled with something. And it's either going to be truth and the love of Christ or something the world has to offer us, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so I think what we invest in and what we what we do in those times where we're, you know, maintaining those rhythms like we talked about, uh, God's filling our cup, yeah. right? And then when we go out into the world and we're serving our people or we're being a light in a dark place, when our cup is full of the love of Christ, then when our cup spills over on the people, that's what spills. Mm-hmm. And I think if I were to wrap up my hope for you know anything I'm doing or how I speak into people or how I serve people, when my cup spills, I want it to be Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to any of those people groups that you explained when you asked your question, I think that's what I would come back to, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's really good. I love that. I always love the analogy of like water specifically because, you know, Jesus yeah. calls himself the living water and yeah. it's also like fundamental for our existence just by science. If you want to be like science driven only, like you have to have it. And therefore the analogy biblically is just so beautiful and something I constantly live by. Um, I also always have water bottle like that is with me all the time to the point where my nieces are always like, Aunt Tamara, why are you always carrying a water bottle? And and this is before like carrying your water bottle was cool, right? Where it had like stickers uh-huh. and all the stuff all over it. This is like prior to that season. And um, I I always could almost hold it like as a continual reminder in the spaces that were dark or are dark yeah. um, as my reminder because I've spoken over what the water means to me so much. And I've also had such a huge shift in my body and mind and physicality because of drinking water, um, because yeah. of, of utilizing that water intake when I'm working out and, and thereafter yeah. and what it's done for my skin and what it's done for my gut and what it's done for my sleep patterns. And like, it's just unbelievable what something 
such as water can fundamentally do and then knowing that Jesus is that and so much more if we yeah. could infiltrate ourselves with that on a continual basis why would you not right yeah. why would you even yeah. choose the soda which I was never a soda drinker but it's a good analogy for most people like why would you even choose that if you knew you had this amazing option and yeah. when you did choose it, you're going to see an immediate response or result. And therefore, what does that usually mean? It means you crave the thing that makes you full and you crave the thing that is overflowing yeah. with positivity and joy and light and love and all of those yeah. things that he is. Oh, you're going to love this. So okay, let's hear it. Another really quick analogy. I went to Israel last year. Oh gosh, I want to do that group, so bad. A group of, of people from our church in our state. And it was one of the most life-changing things I've ever done. Oh, I, I don't read my Bible this thing. I never will. And I can't wait to go back. I, and I tell people, if you're listening and you have any desire to go see the Holy Land, do whatever it takes. Well, wow. I mean, wow. start saving today. It is the, it. It will change truly change your life. And one day we went to Dead Sea, which is, mm -hmm. of course, a lot of people know is the lowest place, you know, in terms of sea level in the world. And we drove from Jerusalem all the way down to the Dead Sea, and, and you pass through the Judean Desert, and you know where Jesus was tempted. All these things in the Bible. So, I mean, you're just you're just walking and traversing all of this land that you have read about your whole life. And the closer we got to the Dead Sea, I was just blown away at how gorgeous it was. Wow. I mean, it is absolutely, totally breathtaking. And we stood at the top of Masada, if you're, if you're familiar with this, the story of Masada, we went to the top of Masada and at the top, you could see the Dead Sea really as far as you could see. And we actually didn't go down and get in the water, which a lot of people do. We just didn't have time that day. But on the bus, I remember just thinking, man, this is such a gorgeous body of water. But if I were to get in the water and drink it, it could kill me. Mm. You know, the salinity of the water is, I forget how much saltier than even, you know, regular ocean water. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. And float when yeah. you get in. Yeah, the voice. But you, can't, you cannot ingest the water. And, right. and to think, you know, there's so many things, I think, in, in our lives that we look at and we think, man, that's really, that's really beautiful or that's really pretty or that is very enticing. Um, but then when we get down to that water, we realize, like, wow, that can that's really dangerous. Mm -hmm. And so I think the density has almost became this metaphor for me of just really keeping my eyes on the lane and keeping my eyes on the Lord um, and filling my cup with, with him because otherwise it's so easy to get, you know, focused on all the shiny, happy other things, especially in the three. And it can take our eyes off kind of really what God has for us. And so when I think back to our Israel trip, that's one of the places that I love to visit, but it was just such a good reminder to me yeah. of um, just keeping my eyes in the right place. You know? So good. And it's like, oh, it's making me have full body chills because I always know that my podcasts are so intentional with time because this is such valuable quality time. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you knew, but last year I only had guests that were in person. 
And this uh, is the first year that I've done people virtually, which was great that I started that in January, considering what happened. Um, but there is such intentionality in my time with this, but every single time God shows up in such an incredible way. And I never know how it's going to be because we don't prep these and I don't ask, you know, in, you know, informational questions prior to and situations like this where they're not people in my community. I really don't know like the fullness of who you are. I like can socially, you know, figure you out, but oftentimes it's really different than what, you know, you experience. And, And it's our heart as Christians, of course, for our social presence to be be the same as our heart presence, but um, you're talking about shiny objects, and I have had quite a week of having a shiny objects in my the corner of my eye, mm. um, to the point where I had um, a mentor and an SEO strategist and marketing strategist that I work for sent me an email that I didn't get until like the wee hours of the morning, and I'm an early riser, and he had sent it before I went to bed, but I didn't get it till about 4:30 in the morning, and I was praying, and I was like, God, like really need clarity on this. I don't know. And I was, I'm looking to get a a mentor, a coach, um, if you will, in my business, because I'm kind of at this point where I'm like, there's a lot of growth, which is amazing. I'm so grateful. Um, Oh, it all Jesus. But I, I'm not sure what the right growth strategy is right now, if that makes sense. And so, um, I'm just, I was like praying and I had an amazing conversation with this woman who was across the world and all the insight that she gave me and the strategy and all of that was so good and, and different than anything else that I had ever heard. So I was really being drawn to her shininess, if you will. And so mm-hmm. praying to God in the early morning and just being like, I need clarity. I need to hear from you. I don't know if this is the right thing. And ironically, the night before, when I was unpacking the idea with my mom and my husband, my mom had asked me like, okay, what's the pro and what's the con? And I'm actually her business coach. So it was cool to have her like flip the script and be mom for a minute and her to say that. And I'm like, oh, you know, I actually haven't unpacked that. Let's go there. And my number one response was, I don't think she's Christian. And I didn't yeah. know for sure, and, I, and then she didn't say one way or another. And when I had shared about my faith and in the, the congruency of what it is with what I do now, she didn't. She just said that's awesome, and like she talked about spirit and um, kind of that worldly concept of, of sure. a, a higher being. But I never heard like Jesus, and I never heard God per se. So that was like my number one thing that I I kind of kept hold of as my con as I went to bed. So same thing, praying through that in the morning and knowing, God, you've put me in this realm where I feel like I have an opportunity in the secular world um, based yeah. on this entrepreneurship journey that so many secular you know minded people are in. There's nothing wrong with that, but how can I like? Yeah use the gifts that you've given me from a heart set and help like align people. Right. Yeah. And so I wake up, I get out of bed after having this prayer and still having no clarity, just like, okay, I'm going to start my day. Now's the time. And I open my email and I get this email from that guy that I mentioned. And it said, there will always be shiny objects. That's it. Mm. And I immediately was like, all right, I'll take that to heart. I'll, I'll go there. And so then I, I jump on, my um, computer and I'm working through a course right now with a a teacher virtually, which is always great. But that's where I was like looking for somebody that like I could make eye contact with and like actually talk to. And um, the first thing that came on was there will always be shiny objects. And I was like, okay. So the fact that you're saying that and like, 
Oh my gosh, it's so good. It's so cool. Because we could, you know, we I could go and I could get in the Dead Sea and I could enjoy like the the amazing experience of floating, right? And like not having the weight and it being beautiful. But the moment that I take that water in, it now becomes not healthy. Toxic. Right. And yeah. so I am just grateful. I obviously made the choice at that point that I wasn't moving forward in that relationship with her and reached out to her and let her know. And I felt so much peace about it. And so it's just, this is like a God wink. I always talk about God winks. Like he winks at us all the time. And I'm, I'm going to hold this part of our conversation really dearly because I, I needed it. And I, I need people to know who are listening that like, even people who are rooted get distracted Yes. And that's my word this year has been rooted. And Mm. it has been so uh, imperative for me that as I make even business decisions that are secularly, you know, seen from other people, whether you're changing your prices or you're publicizing something um, that at the heart of hearts, the heart of what it is that I'm doing, it has nothing to do with money. And yeah. it has everything to do with Jesus. And yeah. so for me to say that I'm a faith-based women's coach, that then takes a, a coaching person who coaching me who's not in her faith. Like, how stupid is that? Yeah. <laughs> so I just needed yeah. God to say, like, it's shiny. It looks really pretty. But it's yeah. lackluster inside. And it's going to leave you empty. So, yeah. so good. Thank you so much for sharing that story. Oh. It was like the perfect finale. I love when God does that. That's really cool. Every single time. So good. So y'all, I have had the Do The Thing Movement podcast image up here alongside the Fit and Faith podcast. This is what this podcast and my community and her community is all about. It's about women supporting women. It's about bringing people into the fold. It's about loving on people hard and knowing that there is more than enough for all of us. And I want I want you to kind of like leave people with your your last like penmanship, your signature, Rebecca, if you will, mm. whatever it be, whatever you feel like called to share as a, as a finale, a tie of the bow. Yeah, I love it. So I have this conversation all the time with people in our community, but I think if I could leave people with anything, it's that, you know, we see in scripture everywhere that God has prepared something unique to you that just in a, in a way that nobody else can glorify him that you are called to do, right? You have a circle of influence and a people group and a community that nobody else living has access to or access to impact. And I think a lot of times we get caught in a lot of thought patterns, and that's what I'm writing about, that um, are not from God. Mm-hmm. And we get trapped in our own thinking. And I hate when I see that get in the way of what God is doing through somebody. And so um, I would I would say, you know, a lot of things we've talked about, just take inventory of those things in your life, whether it's fear or it's imposter syndrome or it's feeling judgment or it's feeling terrified of your calling. Um, really take a look at kind of those thought patterns and those repetitive things that keep coming up and just ask yourself the question, you know, is this coming from God or is this coming from the enemy? And then, and then second, you know, what's my step of faith or what's my next 
um, you know, step of obedience that I can take towards my calling and towards what God has for me. And, and don't take your eyes off of that, right? We all have a lane um, that we're called to walk in, we're called to run in. Keep your eyes on Him and um, and just don't give up. Yeah, so, so good. Yeah. So good. And, and when we stay focused, like at the end of the road, they talk about like the light at the end of the tunnel or wherever that vision is casting, like above all shiny things, like he is the yeah. shiniest. So yes. staying yes. like just focused on that area. And I'm, I'm so grateful to be in community with you. I'm so grateful yes. to have had this conversation and I just feel like there was so much goodness in it. So thank you for the wealth of just heart that you brought to it. And, uh, I'm excited to join you on your podcast in the coming weeks. Yes, it's going to be a blast. Thank you so much for having me. Before you pop off, share with everyone. I've, I've kind of given them a layout um, throughout the awesome. time, but how can they get in touch with you? Where can they find you? Yep, so dothethingmovement.com is our website. Obviously, Do The Thing Movement podcast. Can, you can listen to that anywhere you get your podcast. And we have an insider's Facebook group that's super fun, and you can find me on Facebook as well. My Instagram is under my name, just Rebecca Dotson George. And yeah, that's pretty much all the places. Yay. I think at the beginning when you just said your name, I flip-flopped George Dotson, didn't I? Did you notice um, that? Maybe. <laughs> I think it's I okay. Did. Okay, either way. I got yeah. the names right. There's that. <laughs> that's right. That's all right, girlfriend. Such a pleasure. Have a beautiful day, and we'll be in touch soon. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. Hey y'all, it's me again. I hope in today's episode you sense and ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. By snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at fitandfaith underscore podcast or me personally at tamara.andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the Fit and Faith podcast listeners. We're totally in this together. Community over competition is the motto, right? I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. I'd love to feature your thought in the next episode and give you and your passion project a big shout out. You know I'm a writer, so I love words and I can't wait to read what you have to say. I'm ready to fuel the flame with you together. And until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. Tune in next time. Finding uplifting news in today's headlines is often like searching for a needle in a haystack. At the Story Behind Podcast, we believe in the power of finding heartwarming tales and are happy to share empowering stories with you every week. Get inspired by the note a waitress received from a patron dining alone. And even hear about how one VIP passenger made a hardworking pilot get emotional before his flight. To start listening to the Story Behind Podcast, visit lifeaudio.com.